0: Morning. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Good night, standing by.
1: You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, Fuzzball. Your source for entertainment
2: reviews from a galaxy far, far away.
1: This is it.
2: Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be discussing Season 1, Episode 1 of The Resistance, titled The Recruit. I know uh, a lot of excitement around this, the first new Star Wars show since the last new Star Wars show.
1: Which Uh, which was
2: The Clone Wars, right? Well, Rebels. Well, Rebels. That was very eloquent, Stephen. That's true. Yeah, But we need to talk about another thing first. William, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Mandalorian? You mean the, the second new Star about? Wars show? The no, the second <laughs> the second new Star Wars show since the first new Star Wars show?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. let's go. Or no, this is actually the first new Star Wars show since the new Star Wars show that just started. Okay, but anyway, right. the live That's...
1: action Star Wars show that we haven't had in a while because we've had animated Star <laughs> but, Wars show. Okay, other than the actual Star Wars show on StarWars.com. Wars.com. But please, so William, Tom, this be is my this is
2: really the, your life story, right? This is
1: definitely it. William, be my guest, please. <laughs>
0: Uh, wow. Uh, we're back guys. Uh, <laughs> if you, if you hadn't realized, um, no, uh, we are, um, we, well, I guess first we're, we're first things first. Uh, sorry for, thank for, thank you for waiting while we, thank uh, you. while we, t- Stephen and I traveled the globe, but we are back and Lucky's. we are ready to rec- review the recruit. Um, but big news. I for, for one was not expecting this to drop, uh, nope. well, this was just a few days before the, before resistance kicked off. And that is the first details of the live action star Wars series. This, the series will be exclusively on uh, Disney's upcoming direct to consumer streaming service that should be launching uh, hopefully next year. Woo-hoo. And it is now filming in LA and uh, they, we uh, in, in, in addition to the, the filming announcement, they actually gave us a brief summary of the show and the list of directors. So, okay,
1: but wait a minute. Did you say what the title of the show is? Well, you're exactly.
0: It's filming. called The Mandalorian. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, and here's the summary. After the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the new republic.
1: Oh, dun dun dun.
0: Does that not sound amazing or what?
1: I'm just very looking,
0: interesting.
1: I am just looking forward to see who that Mandalorian is.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And they um they actually as you allude to tom they, they released a, the first photo from mm-hmm. the series and boy does he look cool he's got a very shiny mandalorian helmet uh and kind of like a patchwork set of armor not unlike one of your favorite characters
1: tom mm, from a clan that i uh basically uses my handle yes cal- and, yeah cal- a little bit cal scarada reference that.
0: uh um uh, yeah you know who i don't think he's Probably not actually Cal Skrata, but no, he, I don't think so. He looks like you know uh, the description of Skrata in um uh in the the, the well Republic Commando uh, box, yep. And oh man, this I think this this put this this story has a lot of potential. Um, one the fact that you know this again, this is the series that there should be what eight episodes, I think, is the rumor and a rumored 100 million dollar budget. So they've got they're pumping a lot of money into this into this series and I like the idea of just having this Mandalorian on the outer reaches of the galaxy, you know, far mm. from everything else. It's also oh, yeah. almost sounds like a, a western I mean Star Wars often described as a as a space western. Space Western. This yep. sounds like the most space western it can get. The space mm. western like they could western? I mean the, the I think it's
1: <laughs> yes. I think it's cool. I think also there was a photo that they showed of his weapon, uh-huh. which people have have basically likened it to the weapon than when you first saw Boba Fett. Yes, from the oh, holiday special. The cartoon.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, I did see that. That's really cool. Yep. Nice yeah. little detail. Uh, and, you know, I think they, they've, they've been building up the Mandalorians a lot uh, over the years. Um, Dave Filoni, in particular, with, you know, the Clone Wars and Rebels, has really well, fleshed out their backstory, <laughs> which is why it's perfect that Dave Filoni himself. Will be directing yeah, the series premiere.
2: Let's remember as well. Wasn't Jon Favreau the voice of Previs well, He was. That's right. He was. Yeah. So, yeah. So yes. that both that's, of them uh, deeply involved. Yeah. That makes
1: it really cool because two people who just created that lore of Mandalore, <laughs> lore of Mandalore, get it, uh, are working on this. That's going to be outstanding. Oh, and this is going to be Dave Floney's
0: first time directing live action, but which is cool. I am so happy for him. Like. He oh, yeah. is an amazing Star Wars storyteller. He was trained by George Lucas himself and giving him the opportunity to direct a you know some live action Star Wars the, the TV show is just it's an unbelievable opportunity and I cannot wait to see what he does. Whenever he directs an episode of Clone Wars Rebels, you know it's going to be an amazing mm-hmm. episode. Not that the other ones aren't yep. amazing as well, but when you see Dave Floney on there as director, you're like, "Oh, this is this is going to be good. It's going to be big." and he's mm-hmm. doing the series premiere. How cool I'm d- is that? I'm
1: just looking forward to the full story, the whole story arc, how it's going to play out. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to with this.
0: I, I cannot oh, yeah. wait. The rest of the, uh, uh, the list, they also revealed the other directors who are going to be um, uh, you know, working on this the series, uh, including Deborah Chow, who did Jessica Jones, uh, Rick Fumiyawa um, from Dope, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Ron Howard's daughter, Uh, from soulmates and uh, taika waititi who directed thor ragnarok so uh quite the i'm I'm looking forward to that episode that's
1: that's a pedigree that's a pedigree of directors right there
0: oh yeah um so i cannot wait to see what they do dave floney in particular but all of them sound amazing and of course with the series produced by executive producer john favreau um
1: it's gonna be good guys I wouldn't be surprised amazing. if he also directs one episode. I, I would mean, he may not. So.
2: Yeah. Although I will, it I will say it's surprising that he's not taking the first episode because I feel like that's normally what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly,
0: this sounds more like a um, he's like he's deferring to Filoni in many ways. Like you know, he's he's kind of the guy running things. The he's you know executive producing the series along with mm-hmm. Filoni as well. Um, but he 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 knows Dave Filoni is the guy when it comes to directing star wars television uh and it's really cool that he's he's letting him do it you know he who knows he might Absolutely. he might direct an episode um mm. uh, maybe in season two or something but uh right now i think the rumor is that filoni and uh, i'm trying to remember off the top of my head i think taika ytd will both each direct one episode and then the other six will be split across the, the, the uh, Deborah Chow, Rick Fumiyawa, and Bryce Dallas Howard 2-2-2, two, two, and two, I think, is is how it's going to be set up. Okay. I can cool. see that. So, I can see it, too. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. And it's now, filming now in Los Angeles. Uh yeah, it's my out, backyard. Yes, somewhere. it is. It is. So, uh, Tom, no, why don't you, you uh, sneak can, around and get
2: us how some much, set photos? Oh, wait, wait. Hang on. Why yeah. are we skipping over this? How much are they paying you for, to use your backyard for a set?
1: Well, you know... Um, not enough. Not, a, uh, okay. not
2: enough.
1: That. Yeah, you heard I know. It your
0: first, cheapskates, all of them. Well, no, you yes. have to understand. They're just I'm using cheap. it for the catering department. That's it.
1: Yeah, that's it. Uh, craft services uh, have craft, yeah, craft services in my backyard. It. Well, you know. Wait a minute. It's big enough. Just kidding. Oh uh, <laughs> yes. And um, you know what? If you see a dog running around in there, that's being ran. So my dog would be there as well. That's awesome. Yeah, that would be really cool not happening folks anyway right. she, Sabine um,
0: might be running around the mandalorian show you know in, in general who knows
1: <laughs> good never know but uh, th- but there's more to go i mean there's a there's there's something else we got to talk about too because there's a chronological order thing coming or something yeah so work. we uh
0: the we've, we've put together a um a chronological guide to how to watch the clone wars chronologically arc by arc um you know, as I'm sure all of you know, Star Wars.com has a fantastic guide uh, to watching the series chronologically, but it's a giant list of episodes. And, you know, as, as we all know, the best way to watch the Clone Wars is to do it one arc at a time. You know, uh, most of the episodes in the series are, you know, epi- uh, organized into two or three or four, sometimes even five episode arcs. And. When you watch them all at once, it's like a movie. This is how they show the episodes screenings, special events, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's really the best way to experience the show. But for you know for viewers who may not maybe remember all the all the uh, episodes um, in in full detail, or for people who are maybe starting off in the series for the first time, uh, it's it's actually difficult to know how many episodes to watch. You might watch three episodes and think the arc is done, and then oh, there's one more or you know, or or whatnot, or you know, it's the Christosis
2: arc, and it takes place over three years worth of television. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you
0: know. um, and and so even if you're going through it chronologically, it, it can be difficult to know. Well, this this uh, chronological episode uh, guide arc by arc breaks down the entire series, uh, obviously chronologically, uh, and groups them by by arc, so it you know tells you which episodes comprise each arc and uh, what order. To watch them, and so you can go through the um, uh, the entire series and really experience it the way it's meant to be viewed. Um, so we we have put this together for you, and it is available on IonCannonCast.com if you want to um, uh, you know peruse it and, and and rewatch the series. I just finished a rewatch of the Clone Wars, and man, I, I I'd forgotten how good that show is. Not that I really forgot, but it's so good, so um, highly recommend doing that. Even if you've seen the show, it's fun to rewatch it, especially chronologically. Uh, and, oh yeah! Uh, so mm-hmm. highly recommend that. Also, I other
1: Dark again. That was really good. Oh yes!
0: Oh yes! Um, in other uh, Ion Cannon news, we are now available on Spotify. Uh, if you Woo-hoo! search Spotify for Ion Canon Cast, that means it's uh, the big leagues, there. right? Uh, yeah, I guess much. so. No. Um, But we are now available uh, in Spotify. So if Spotify is your music player of choice or podcast player of choice, you can listen to us there. They only recently opened up the catalog to podcasts. So we are excited to be there as well as other podcast clients. So if if you found one where we are not, let us know and we will will add it. But otherwise, um, yeah, definitely uh, uh, please subscribe to us there if that's your preferred way yeah um, really cool. so with that let's uh how about we dive into our review of the star wars resistance series premiere the recruit uh tom why don't you give us uh some of the details about this episode
1: sure what we're talking about is again this is star wars resistance the recruit episode one season one written by brendan Umat Almond, please, if I say that wrong, I'm sorry. And directed by Stuart Lee and Sal Ruiz. Aren't they? They directed yes. some Clone oh, Wars yes. episodes. I mean, uh, Rebels, right? Rep- they they've been, been with Lucasfilm
0: for a while. Yeah, they have. As I said, they probably did Clone Wars too, Tom. It's okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I, I have Clone Wars on my mind because it's also coming to the, the uh, streaming service, and that's going to be the next thing we're going to review once it's on the streaming service. But we have to get through the Resistance first. Okay. So the synopsis of the episode is this. Poe Dameron assigns a gifted but green resistance pilot, Kazuto Kaz Ziono, to an undercover mission. He will pose as a racer on the Colossus, a massive refueling platform on the Outer Rim Ocean planet called Castellon. Sources tell the Resistance that someone on Castellon is helping the First Order, and Kaz must find out who it is. On the Colossus, Kaz meets Yeager, Tam Niku, And their trusty, slightly rusty Astro Mech bucket. Wow! Together, they form Team Fireball, named after Kaz's ship. So, there's the synopsis of the episode. This is the one-hour premiere, and you know what? What did you guys think of it?
2: You know what? You know what I really think, Tom. What I what I discovered is that you cannot watch a one-hour show. Half an hour before the review starts.
1: <laughs> it's, now wait, wait a minute! You're you're telling everybody our secret. You're not supposed to say that. It's not
2: our secret. I was gonna say. I think okay, this is course. just this my Stephen secret. This is Steven's secret. Okay, this is uh. Okay. To oh, be yeah, fair, of course, I'm gonna record Monday. That's fine. Yeah, I'll get to that. Oh, it's <laughs> to Monday. be
0: fair, you just got back from a long trip <laughs> that to is the other true. side of the world, so so,
1: so I, I'll I'll give you that one. <laughs> okay, so but we no, sent him uh, to it, the
0: outer rim uh, and back. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. We we have a new Star Wars TV series. This is very different from Clone Wars and Rebels, but is it different? Very exciting.
2: It- well, you're, the biggest thing, of course. I, I shouldn't say, of course. One of the biggest things is we're. this is our first post-Return of the Jedi TV series. Yes, that's correct. At, this is our first correct. first post-Episode 4 TV series, even. Yeah. Uh, set about, what, six months before The Force Awakens, yes. I think is the,
1: the tally? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's, that's correct.
1: So I take it they're going to kind of overlap going into The Force Awakens with the episodes? I have to
0: imagine. I would like, assume so. This okay. has got to be... Really, really, really close. Like I, I'm sure, midway through the season, we will, or are definitely by the end of the season, we will overlap with the with the Force Awakens, right? I would assume so.
1: I would assume so.
2: Um, they, I could see I take the back. I could see it being pushed to season two. Really. Really? Yeah, I I could see season 1 is spent finding out who the kind of undercover operative is, where the first order is and so on. And it the season kind of ends leading into episode 1. Okay. Episode, one, episode 7. Um <clears throat> that's when bb that gives BB-8 a whole season at the, uh on Castellan at, at the Colossus. Uh but you know, kind of a friendly familiar face for the first season and then they can kind of pull him out cuz obviously he goes with Poe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and it also saves like a big change for season two. Now that you know this, the new republic is gone. Right.
0: Actually, that's like that's a good point. Um, I didn't even think about that. If it is set this this early before Force Awakens, you know, BBA obviously has to leave as soon as Force mm-hmm. Awakens hits. Oh and yeah, he they has go to. immediately into the Last Jedi. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think the I don't know. There's there's man. There's so much to unpack. So many places we could start. But since we're here. I think the inclusion of BB-8 is an interesting one. Um,
1: well, that, this. Did that bother you guys at all? That he's he's that far away from Poe in this and he's not going to be, let's just say, okay, I can see why he's there because he's going to be the character that's going to bridge between this episode and then also The Force Awakens mm-hmm. along with the the First Order. But at least from the Resistance standpoint, he's going to be the bridge between the two.
2: It it gives them a recurring character they can kind of leave in the show,
1: mm-hmm. which I think
2: is, I think is going to be valuable given that this is our first kind of post Return of the Jedi show. Um, I I think it makes sense. I think it works. And maybe he doesn't say, and maybe he only sticks around for the first you know couple episodes or something like that. Yeah,
0: I I like the idea of calling him like a bridge character because yeah, that's kind of what he is. He's the cute character that. Kind of connects the the you know the the show with the rest of the larger Star Wars galaxy because mm-hmm. you know with with Rebels uh, well with Clone Wars like that was characters you know huge movie film characters that we know and love right. Rebels had uh, a number of characters we still you know know of and they there was you know um, uh, they they tried to include Vader and they tried to it was the beginnings of the Rebel Alliance and all this kind of stuff. This is a very different kind of show. This is, um, it is different. It, I I almost say so. The the the, the official synopsis, as as you read, is you know is all about how Kaz is going undercover, right, to find a, a the First Order spy. Um, but that's really just the backdrop for what is effectively a racing series. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I, no? I no, that's so I, that's.
2: That's very obviously that's the case for the first episode. I, que- I mean, again, I obviously haven't watched any of the other episodes that have come out mm, yet Or the one nice. episode I guess I should say at the time we're recording. Um I question if it's really going to be a racing show or if like a lot of uh, Dave Filoni shows we start off with a very narrow focus like racing or you know Lethal and then it very quickly balloons into a much bigger
1: story. Have have they I'm trying to remember the episode, but during the episode, I don't remember them actually mentioning why they are constantly racing on this planet. What is the point?
0: I, so, and so from, I didn't catch that either. From what I've yeah. gathered, uh, based on interviews and, 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 other things, um, you know, the, the planet Castellan and the, um, me, the, the planet Castellan is, um, this 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 place where you know the best pilots in the galaxy go and, and and hang out and there's a lot of crime there's a lot of uh you know wait, wait. beings
2: the from best all pilots sides in the gap
0: get the galaxy like casiono <laughs>
2: exactly
1: the best <laughs> pilot the best in, the oh, in, yeah. the, in the galaxy that, that, wow boy uh,
0: I, did, could, I did I did like really how he introduces one. himself and it just spins out of control and the rumor mill yeah. goes crazy and. I did you love know. the shot of it being passed along piece by piece. Yeah, the course. game of telephone, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the total, yeah, total or telephone, Holocom. Um, I
2: hear, I hear, Kaz is the death mark in five systems. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but
0: but getting back um, to the
1: racing thing, it's like, but what? but I think they race that, because that they're they do.
0: I think they race because they're working on this platform, right? It's basically a ref- it's a refueling platform, and they're bored. Like, there's nothing else to do, and so really all the pilots do is they protect the base from pirates and other, anybody who might try to attack it, mm-hmm. they race and that's about it. And a lot of pilots come there and they do gambling and races. And, uh, and so that's, that's why um, it's kind of like just the, the base's economy. And so mm-hmm. to fit in Kaz wants, uh, Kaz starts, well, accidentally ends up in these races. And that's kind of what this episode shows us um all about but uh kind of how he gets involved in this and how he gets recruited by poe dameron and the resistance so so let's you know sorry i was gonna say i will say the one thing
2: i i really hope for is that the racing gets more interesting as the season goes on i
1: agree no, I, I, I totally agree.
2: They, the first episode builds up to kind of this first race between Kaz and the other pilot, whose name I don't remember.
1: That's uh, the girl. Th- yes, which, which he, which he thought, which he thought, I think he thought she was going to be an easy mark.
0: Yes. Yeah. Which we'll we'll get to, but yeah, then, like, no, no, no. yeah, she's yeah, she's not spend... that easy to be. Well, in. It's Tora Toradoza. Thank um, you, Tora Doza. Blue Ace. So, like,
2: the first episode is an hour, and we spend what do you say like 15 minutes building up to that first race Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's over very quickly. It's visually, it is cool. Like watching, you know, two starships race around, but like I really was hoping and expecting, I think a lot more out of uh, the big race. Like if it's just flying through hoops, I'm nervous that it may not, uh, I don't know, have the variety to last Mm. an entire season. You know what it kind of reminded me of? Sorry.
1: Yeah. Sorry, it, it kind of reminded me of um, you are playing a video game. And yes. you're sitting there in an actual... F- uh, and you... I'm try- God, I'm trying to remember the game I played. But you are actually taking this plane, and you are actually trying to fly through hoops. Yep. Oh, wait a minute. Wasn't there a Star Wars game when you... Tr- when you... Oh. Maybe you Jedi, learn how-
2: Jedi Starfighter, maybe?
1: I think so, yeah, because you're actually flying. You're, you're trying to go through a path. It's a pretty
0: standard to- gaming trope, I would say, to fly through these mm-hmm. rings. And, and even the... When you fly, when they fly through the rings, they even get this um, light hearted sound effect uh, as you go through it. That sounds exactly like a video game.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I
0: I hope, I hope they add in some new
2: tricks and, you know, things like that just to kind of break it up a little like, I don't know, put some bombs out there or uh, obstacles or, you know, Mm -hmm. something along those lines. Just they need to break it up. I think if it's going to work. Yeah.
1: The only I have to say the one thing when the ships are flying, I do like the effect behind them, toward the trail behind them, just that little bit. Yeah. I mean, that did look cool. It did take me a while to get into the animation style though. It, it's not that it, it was bothersome, it's just your eye is now adjusting to a different style than what you're used to when it came to, you know, the to the Tudakovsky series mm-hmm. or the Clone Wars or Rebels. It's just with this style with that kind of um Paint kind kind of like a two D cell paint on a three D character, and the bright colors was was a little interesting to get used to.
2: Interesting. So I didn't have any problem with the animation. The th- only thing I found a little bit it was odd the
1: color for me.
2: It was. I'd actually say it was the lack of. Um, I don't want to say lack of detail because all the they're all very detailed. It's just mm-hmm. there's not. <clears throat> I don't know how to like. I know exactly what of, you're talking about. Like, a lot that. of characters' faces are largely flat just, mm-hmm. yeah they're flat and colorless and like poe mm-hmm. has you know a little bit of marks to kind of indicate that he's older and things like that which helps like almost all of the big characters except yeager i feel are like yeah like you said they're kind of just colors it's very hard to describe
0: yeah because yeah, it they, 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 yeah. they there's a lot of it i love the the there is a ton of attention to detail in oh, the oh yeah, and like yeah. The, and the environments and the ships and everything. Yeah, and even work- like you know the, the 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 way they you know design like the jackets with the patches and all this kind of stuff. Like it, lots of attention to detail and lots of vibrant, interesting colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right; it's this interesting, uh, and it's just the it's this, the art style they've they've chosen. It's not necessarily bad. It's just a no, it's style, a different- style. Yeah, where it does feel like at times it's it's missing a certain something um yeah and i don't know if that's for budgetary reasons or just per- purely for art I, style i think it's an art style was yeah. my take on i think it. so like, too because it's, it's definitely supposed to be more anime, style. anime which i'll be totally honest i didn't grow up watching as much anime uh i t- uh you know so it's it's less of my personal preference in terms of style mm. but you know watching it they still did a great job making it feel like star wars
1: yeah and for, for me, when it comes to anime style, I go to, I will default to Robotech. I will default to the older Voltron, the newer Voltron, that kind of anime style. But that's more, that works within the 2D environment. For me, looking at that within this, and we'll say the, the CG 3D environment, it takes that little bit to get used to because your, your brain is transitioning from the 2D anime into like a, a, a 2D flat 3D anime style. So you're right because it, it is
0: it's 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 2D but it's yeah. 3D it's 3D it, you it's know, 3D. it, it looks yeah. 2D but it's actually 3D models yep. and it's this really trippy uh, effect I in some ways. I will say I generally like the effect yeah yeah I do too um, the only other
2: stylistic thing that I thought was a little bit off is I felt like a lot of characters especially as they move and talk are kind of floaty almost
0: mm-hmm but I, again, I feel that like up. that's more the anime I,
2: style where anime tends to be a say, little I, more. I think that's just a style thing, not yeah. a uh, not a lacking budget. Right. Thing. Right. And actually, you know, like I don't want to talk about budget specifically, but like one of the things that did stand out to me in a, a really good way is, you know, when you think back to like the first season of Rebels. Uh, it was defined by a lot of the same kind of same assets and backstreets of Lethal, the same crates same speeders mm-hmm. um and it, <clears throat> it you know felt like a show that they didn't have enough time to create all the assets that they really wanted in Ortel like a kind of a very uh to give a variety to the scenes right uh Resistance did not have this problem at all no. i like i don't think i saw a single repeated model or alien or creature anywhere in the entire show
0: yeah in, in fact it's not just a lack of repetition but a huge amount of variety it wasn't even oh, the same yeah. types of yeah. aliens with that look different it was a wide wide variety almost to you know like in um to a an extreme degree much more than we've seen in rebels or, or clone wars it normally took seasons for them to build up to that point and this yeah. and this station just felt like it was teeming with life from all over the galaxy
2: mm-hmm.
0: which i really it, really loved it was awesome yeah uh, it And
2: I I feel bad because it's going to sound like I'm dumping a little on Last Jedi when I say this. Uh, But one of the things I liked that they did here, as opposed to something like Last Jedi is there are lots of very familiar aliens as well, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. classic Star Wars aliens and not like, oh, we saw Twi'lek, we saw Wookiee, but like some of the like a lot of Cantina aliens, Mm -hmm. um, just a lot of great bits like that was really, really cool.
1: And I also have to say the other thing we got that was brand – well, not new, but we got the – what is it? The ocean version of a womp rat? What was the name? (laughs) The the gorgs? the gorgs. gorgs. I loved seeing the gorgs. I love that reference. So so instead of having the womp rat scale, now we have to have the gorg scale.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, Nico I literally know. called
1: womp them the womp rats classic. of the sea. I know. We very I,
2: clearly established the womp rat supremacy I'm, here. I'm only,
1: I'm only kidding. We are going to stay with the womp rat scale. But it, I got a kick out of hearing that the gorgs are basically the womp rats of the ocean. I love oh, yeah. that. That was funny.
0: I, I loved yeah. hearing that too. Yeah. Um, one other thing before we do, we dive more into the, the plot. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard when you have a new show, there's so much to discuss, not just what happened in it. Uh, but you know, it's uh, the, the characters, the art style, the, the music, right? Um, yeah. in this case, the score is actually done by Michael Tavera, uh, not unfortunately Kevin Kiner, uh, Kevin Kiner was t- such an amazing job on clone wars and, and, and rebels, um, but I'm not sure why he's not working on the show. Maybe he's working on whatever the next series is. Filoni has cooking up. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm curious. What did you guys think of the music? I'll, I'll kind of set it up. Um, I, I thought the the main theme was really catchy. Uh, it was very short, though. You know, the, the mm-hmm. main titles were... Um, kind of in a kind of similar vein to rebels um, just pop up real quick very quick sit theme and then they're out um while it, while it's catchy i felt it almost sounded a little bit too much like midi music for me you know the you know old computer generated so, music so it
1: wasn't it wasn't so much orchestrated it sounds more of the uh electric type yeah, yeah. very no, very I, MIDI, I, I and, midi and part in, part in fact
0: there. it was um it wasn't until I think on my second viewing, it, it hit me what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. It's, it reminds me almost of the old rogue squadron video games. Oh, interesting. Uh, and I went First. back and listened to the rogue squadron theme. And while it's a different theme, the music sounds, the style of music sounds almost identical, which makes me wonder, was that intentional? I don't know. Um, huh. uh, well, it's not my personal preference for a, a full series. Um, Cause I feel like music has progressed so much. Um, but you know, it was, it was, it was catchy and, and, but they do tend to do their own music. The main theme, uh, or sorry, there there's a couple of moments that almost sound like the, the force theme, especially when Yeager and, uh, sorry, Yeager and Kaz are talking near the end. Um, but I'd say most of the music is kind of forgettable. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I maybe it'll I'm never, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm never good with music, but nothing stood out to me. Maybe, like, maybe yeah, I as it, we it continue pretty, watching it, yeah. it'll, it'll be more more ingrained though so you know uh, we'll see.
1: i guess i guess when it comes to more episodes going forward i'll pay a little bit more attention i was when i watched this episode i was looking more for me it's the story it's you know how the animation is if you know if the characters are interesting enough to keep me um occupied in what's going on um i mean that that's how i looked at this episode um you know, the, the music for me wasn't one thing that was that was catching my ear at all. Yeah.
0: Well, speaking of the story, Tom, let's uh, let's let's zoom back to the beginning and go through the, the, the story of the episode. The, the worst space battle of all time. OK. Yeah. Okay. I would say that um, was, do, yeah. do tell Steven. I, I yeah. feel
2: bad. I this is probably my least favorite part of the entire episode. Oh, man. There's three X-wings in one TIE fighter but. It's chasing all of us and we can't shake him. Well, you gotta How, how can we them. possibly turn the tables on him with well, three of, of us and well, one, one of them.
1: him? One of them's a fifteen year old kid.
0: How's a fifteen year old kid? 20-year-old. fifteen
1: year old kid is already in an X Wing fighter.
0: I mean, it's I don't know. Is he actually
2: fifteen? He's twenty. I thought he was a little he's twenty. Yeah, that's that's a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. And because it we he implies throughout the series that oh, his mother's okay. kind of Grease the wheels for him a little bit, too. Yeah. Sorry, I was fine. No, it's just, it's, you've got three pilots who are, like, and part of it's, like, the animation of it a little bit as well. Everything was kind of slow moving in space. Uh, but I was just like, guys, guys, like, one of you, maybe don't all fly in a straight line <laughs> together. Maybe, maybe then you'll be okay.
0: Uh. Yeah, you've got you've got a good point. I I, I thought you were just going to complain about the smoke in space, Um uh, But we've seen that in, we've seen that <laughs> I mean, a lot in 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 Star Wars because it's
2: smoke sort in space of, isn't that like you can have smoke in space. I'm pretty sure. Like as long as this like the smoke's not being made. Sorry, I'm, someone's going to yell at me for this. <laughs> like smoke doesn't necessarily need air. It just means there's particles coming out the back of your like whatever your rocket is. True, true, true. Good I'm point. Not, I'm gonna allow it. Um,
0: I did. I did. I like the way they opened the episode, though, because you know every Star Wars uh, shows a it you know, starts space? with space, right? Every Star Wars movie, every uh, and, and so they 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 stayed in line with that, and they we see a planet in space, and it starts to pan down, and we see is that another planet? Yeah, a ship. No, it's the dome of C4 Kaz's R2 unit. Um, I did like that. Yeah, yeah. and they're in a I, T85 X. I actually, I should say I appreciate the kind of dramatic. He's like,
2: ah, the next first order super weapon. Oh, never mind.
1: A droid.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or
2: maybe that's forecasting, and the traitor
0: is actually C4. What? What? Well, now wait a minute. Well, C four. So I don't know what happened. To, what happens to C four? That's
2: actually true. He wasn't on. Yeah, he disappears. You know.
0: I don't know. Um, actually, can we talk about something? I find.
2: Sorry. Go ahead. I'm gonna. I want to derail a little bit. Okay. Uh, so one of the things that I think again been a pet peeve of mine since the Force Awakens, even before when we started hearing the kind of history, is kind of understanding this relationship between the Resistance and the New Republic. Uh, this did not clear it up for me at all.
1: No. (laughs) So you've
2: got the New Republic has sent three X-Wing fighters to get intel for the First Order and deliver it. Like, and they, you know, there's even talk about, like, the First Order, uh, sorry, the New Republic fleet and things like that. Uh, There's kind of a hint that the New Republic just doesn't believe that the First Order is actually doing anything bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, Yeager later on says, like, you know, just forget about it. You're just borrowing trouble. Um, I, but I, just, I remain perplexed by what the relationship between the two of them is.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's they have tried to explain it in some of the books, but I feel but like well, the films and the <clears throat> TV show have not done them any I'd, service. I'd no. actually say,
2: but Line* did a pretty good job of it, just saying, yeah. like, yep, like basically, the New Republic is not willing to act, and that's why the Resistance was created. Right. But right. here we're seeing the New Republic act. <laughs>
0: they're taking well, so that's what's the, confusing okay, but- so so they in some of the pre-release stuff they 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 explained that uh kaz in this case is a is a uh he, he went to the naval academy and got him with the assist- assistance of his father who was a senator uh hamoto ziono mm-hmm. um so he like you said steven he kind of greased the wheels a little bit helped him get into yep. the academy and then he joined the starfighter corps of the new republic defense fleet um so, you know, that's why he's piloting an X-Wing, right? He's not hes not part of the Resistance at this point. He is part of the New Republic, which uh, doesn't officially recognize that there is a, a threat of the First Order. Um, there's even that one scene with uh, Yeager and uh, Poe near the end of the episode where, you know, Yeager basically denies that the First Order even exists. He, he doesn't think that they're real and, and Poe, uh, Poe does and he's he's very concerned about an attack and Yeager's not and I think that's kind of the state of the the whole galaxy um, and, Which is why it's interesting that Kaz is not only familiar with Poe, but has said he's thought about joining the resistance and mm-hmm. um, And that he is somehow and again. It's not clear somehow he's carrying Intel for Poe Dameron but he didn't well, know that's the thing.
1: Dameron. I mean, how does Poe how does Poe know this kid? How does Poe say, "I need you to spy for me." What is the connection between the two?
2: Well, I think and that's just that Poe sees an opportunity and takes it. Mm-hmm. That was my interpretation. I was like, ah, oh, well, like we need someone to do this job." and well, I'm I thought he had sent
0: for him though. He had sent him on this
2: No, I think he was trying to get the Intel,
1: okay, but who sent uh-huh. them on the who sent them on the Intel run? That's the thing. You had three republic did. Right. And then and then what was the other thing? Basically it was Kaz who sat there and said, You two go ahead, I'll try that was the point of the the Starfighter battle in which you two go ahead, report Mm -hmm. to the Republic, I'll try and take care of this guy. And that's when Poe came in and basically saved the day. But when those two left, did the intel actually get to the Republic?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming no, it wasn't being delivered to the Republic, it was being delivered. So the resistance right
1: but then why because okay, the new so republic deli- okay. doesn't
0: work with See, the resistance the resistance is supposed to be underground so why would a right. new republic defense uh, welcome to my confusion pilot. yeah
1: I mean there you go <laughs> this is
2: yes the new republic which does not support the resistance and is the reason the resistance was required in the first place is for some reason running a mission to get intel for them
0: I hope it's explained more uh, at some point I don't I don't think it's going
2: well, to be.
1: Okay. Well, let, let's put it this way: at least you get to see a blockade runner. Not you got
2: I'm pretty sure that's the blockade runner. That is a that's, that's
1: what I was. Kind of, that's what I was kind of hinting at. Yeah. it was the blockade runner. Which because is. It, I, go ahead. I'm a go little ahead.
2: surprised that the Empire kept it around after, you know, it was taken by the Devastator, but.
0: Hey, Maybe. somehow it's around. I mean, Poe po says she's a classic and saw action from the Battle of Scarif all the way to the Battle of Jakku.
1: So yeah, that's it's been around. That's the Tanta Four. And yep. um And to punctuate the point, Leia was on that ship. Well
2: her hologram is <laughs> on yeah. the ship. So- sort of. She
1: just doesn't speak, does she? No, actually she didn't. That's not very surprising. She didn't speak at all. It was just her hologram.
2: Because no, he if, did. If
1: no, I don't remember because Kaz Kaz basically Kaz you, broke in on a conversation.
2: No, but I don't think she was speaking.
0: I guess no. you're right. What? I guess maybe it was in a the preview then I mean I might be because I watched the first I, I did watch the first four episodes all at once and it kind of blends that and the previews kind of blend together a little bit. But um you might be right. Maybe she didn't maybe she didn't speak.
2: Does she speak in a later episode?
0: Uh I thought it might be so, kind of
2: uh, like uh not a response. Respect's not the right word, but kind of.
0: Well, she's, like, I mean, we know... she's voiced by Rachel Botera. Oh, okay. Um, so she does a, there is so an actual voice actor. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, is yeah, a yeah. voice actress. So. Um, okay, never mind then. I could have sworn she spoke, but may- maybe not.
1: now. I don't be remember her speaking at all, and I don't think in the follow on episode she's, she was even in the episode because I think the next two episodes just basically take place on the Colossus.
0: Yeah. Hey, yeah, spoilers. Oh, sorry. Um, Jeez. But.
1: Consideration Disney talk. Yeah. <laughs>
0: anyway um but yeah yeah i i think it's you know she she's definitely involved and in, uh, as you would expect at this point and um uh, and, and when kaz tries to well first kaz is kind of in awe of leia and poe uh, and, and, and by the way we should we should mention poe dameron we didn't say this earlier he's voiced by oscar isaac, oscar isaac. which is yep. awesome them, which having is cool him reprise his role I, I just i loved that um and uh, uh, another fun fact, um, one of the uh, one of the two pilots, um, Hugh Scion, is actually voiced by Sam Witwer. Uh, oh, very nice. Yeah. Uh, Something me, tells
2: me not the last we'll hear of him in this Probably, not, probably not. Just because Sam no. seems to
0: find himself in all the awesome Star Wars animated series at one point or another. Exactly. Uh, he, 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 he pops up everywhere. Usually it's pretty important characters, too. Um, anyway, I just love how Kaz... Uh, even right off the bat, you know, he's, we've got some funny jokes. He's just so awkward. Uh, he's like, you know, say hey, hi to the funny general a for strong me. Strong word. Um, you weren't a fan of that.
2: I there's a little bit too much on some of it. Um, I'll even say like, Niku. I thought was f- like the first scene with Niku where he's passing along, you know, oh, it's Kaz, the galaxy's greatest yeah, pilot. Uh, uh, the the
1: phone.
2: I thought thing. it was really funny. Did we really talk about this actually, or am I misremembering?
1: We kind of like my... we we kind of touched I... on it the whole telephone thing
2: yeah so the like the whole first joke I thought was really funny with you know oh Niku takes everything very literally, um, I got tired of it at when like literally every single line for him was the same
0: joke, taking it too literally. I'm.
2: Yes, William. He was taking it too literally.
0: No, that's exactly what Niku does. Every single thing he takes extraordinarily I, okay. literally, which I get, but like,
2: maybe it doesn't need to be every single joke, you know?
1: Maybe. Okay, but I think I think to a certain extent, and that's the one thing about the show that that it was also another thing to where it's not Rebels, it's not Clone Wars. The writing and the characterization appeared to not be aimed toward me i could watch the episode i can enjoy the episode but when i looked at it from that point of view it, it seemed like it was like at the when when we first saw rebels you looked at it and it's like there, there's room for it to grow it's like it, it and the same thing i think when when ahsoka was introduced on uh clone wars mm-hmm. it was not for my generation it was for the generation of that and the same thing with rebels rebels mm-hmm was not... It's enjoyable for everybody. Everybody can watch the episode. Everybody can understand what's going on. But when it first started out, you kind of get the feeling this really is not... I can watch it and enjoy it, but it's not for me. It's aimed at the the younger set.
0: Yeah, it, it's enjoyable. I, I think it's enjoyable by all ages. But I they, totally they have, no, they I, have said saying, that it's yeah. aimed at a younger audience than Clone Wars and Rebels.
1: Right, right. and that, yeah, that's I, where I think when it came to Nico's character... That I think that character is aimed at, at mm. that kind of audience. And when you take a look at um, um, Kaz's boss, that guy, I'm going to get the names one of these days, is aimed at like, you know, the very serious. You know, it's aimed toward, you know, it, it, you, you can see how the show is layered, is, is sure. how I look at it.
2: And I will say, I'll, <clears throat> I think a lot of my issues with the writing are things that like they're still developing characterization for the show. Yes. Um, <clears throat> pilots. Excuse me. Pilots of shows are also infamous for having, um, being too concentrated in th- things like that because they're always they're part of the whole point of a pilot is they're trying to. Sh- Show what the characters are like, and so they often go kind of overboard with a, uh, ah, this is this is Niku, and he takes everything literally, and so yes. literally every single thing he does in the episode is him taking something literally. Right. A lot. Usually, those types of things are not quite as, um, I don't want to say not quite as crazy, but like they're a little bit more uh, restrained as the show goes on. There right?
1: you go. Yeah. But but it basically set everybody up, and that's the one thing about the episode that that all the characters and their char- and and their their attitudes that at this point because there's still a ton of characters still being introduced, mm-hmm. but the characters oh, yeah. that look like that are going to be the main ones. They did really well setting these characters up. Yeah,
0: I I agree, and I, you know despite Niku's, um, I don't know. I I actually I kind of I I know it's. I know the show is aimed at a slightly younger audience, and so mm-hmm. I kind of just set my set my expectations accordingly. I guess uh, I thought Nika was was, uh, was kind of funny, um, you know, jo- voiced by Josh Brenner. Um, he, I, I just like his... w- William. Are you, was that a, I? Sorry, I couldn't tell. Were you being serious or was that sarcastic? I don't know if I should take you literally or <laughs> no. You should uh, take me very <laughs> very literally. Everything I say at face value. Uh, no. Yeah, no, it's and I like the you know I I just like Niku's boundless optimism, mm-hmm. um, even when you know it, it it doesn't make any sense or or you know or, or whatnot like the his the big moment in the episode is is when he um or one of the big moments is when he you know feels crushed because he thought that um the that Kaz lied to him about being the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy. Uh, you know, after that whole long-running scene mm-hmm. where he basically told everyone,
1: uh, and then the best thing about that is when Cass sat there and just said, you know, just went off on him, saying you're just taking everything too literally. Right. I mean, you, yeah. I mean that that was that was actually very well done.
0: Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I thought the whole cast was was good. There's a big cast. There's a lot of people. A lot of people to.
2: There's a lot of characters introduce. that are actually. Important too. Like we'd mm-hmm. seen, I'd seen the you know meet the meet the crew of Fireball right um, <clears throat> ahead of the show's release. But you've got a bunch of other characters that are very important whose names I don't remember at all. Yeah, I mean um, you've got Team Fireball.
0: You have the Aces. You have yeah you know, the Bolza. The, the, the uh, yeah um, was it? Z- Zivik? Zivik? Uh, Ziv? yeah, I yeah. Um, no, the office of of acquisitions and Z's and me. Z um yep. bulls like you said greville there's a whole bunch of of characters uh plus a lot of side characters as well smaller ones the main cast is quite large mm-hmm. uh, yeah. especially compared to like a, a rebels which was you know five six characters for the most part and they had other people come in and out but um yeah. m- but, team fireball but the- i think is obviously the core team but the aces are, are, are play a big role as well yeah.
1: and that's the best thing about the introduction episode is you got to meet the core characters first. They didn't overpower you with just a bunch of characters one after another, after another, after another to introduce all these characters. It I don't appears, know. I'd say
2: they did quite a bit of that. Well, <laughs>
1: they did, they did, but you still, you've not met that guy. Who's the ex TIE fighter pilot. Who's a racer. It's true. Um,
2: and yeah, you only met the one racer from the right.
1: Exit. Sure. That's right. And then, uh, whatever yeah. that dozer tower is, who's ever in the, the, the tower that runs the thing because there is appears to be somebody up there oh captain who,
0: uh, um, uh, it's Captain Doza, actually
1: thank you so there it looks like they're going to parse out introductions as the show goes along, which I think is fine because you're not yeah. going to sit there and, and overpower you with all these names to try and remember because right now it's the first episode, and my God, I can't remember half the characters I already said so <laughs> yeah. I'll get it
0: yeah um but let's see. So, so leaving the ship, before we before we move on to to Castellan the Colossus platform, um, uh, you know, as we mentioned, we get generally our Organa a little bit, and Kaz of course tries to spy on them uh, and ends up falling into the room and basically gets recruited by Poe a second time. Initially, he he uh, he, you know, declines says he doesn't want to be a spy because his father wouldn't approve. Uh, but then he decides that. Well, you know what? I guess I. Uh, That's a I very productive really well... call with his father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very productive, where he doesn't even say anything. Um, you know, because you can tell his father doesn't approve. They don't have the best relationship. Um yeah. He uh, he basically then begs uh, begs Poe to to join the resistance, um, and he gets his first mission to find the first order spy somewhere. Uh, on Castellon um because uh the uh, Castellon is i guess the the nearest base to wild the nearest planet to wild space where they can get food and supplies and so that's where a lot of that happens um and so that's why they the Coloss- they need to find out who the spy is why do you think though when uh, we we started to talk about this at the top of the episode why do you mm. think Poe trusted such an important mission, of finding the first order spy so that they can basically cut off this mysterious enemy's supplies. Why would he trust it to cats?
2: I mean, based on uh what we see, like we know the first order isn't sorry, the re- <clears throat> excuse me. We know the resistance resistance isn't particularly large. Mm-hmm. You know, no. we see almost all of it in uh The Force Awakens and we see yeah. how quickly it gets kind of destroyed in The Last Jedi. Uh, I'm guessing this is not the most important mission they have at the time, especially since we know Poe is looking for Luke Skywalker. And uh, that's why.
1: So basically, Kaz was available. Let's use this guy and see what happens. So a low-level spy thing. That should be easy enough for him to handle.
0: True, because he's not a very good spy. No,
1: he's not very good at it because he he keeps worrying too much about it instead of as it's been, you know, suggested, just yeah. do your job and it'll happen.
0: Yeah. The cast and crew is kind of likened Kaz to a bird. He's awkward on the ground, but amazing in the air. And that is interesting. Um, pretty interesting analogy. Pretty accurate, actually. Yeah. Um, for, for, for sure. At least Kaz knows the right term for the bathroom. The refresher.
1: Yes, that was also cool because it was actually a refresher.
0: I did really appreciate that. Yes. It's the little details. And boy, is this show chock full of those little details.
1: Okay, so to throw something out there to you guys, what did you think of the character Bucket? I mean, he's a 100-year-old droid. I find fascinating.
2: I liked his design a lot.
1: I thought it was cool, especially with the helmet on.
2: Yeah. uh, He looked cool. I'm... I mean, we've, he's basically chopper in terms of, Oh, Hey, let me hit Kaz in the face a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't, I didn't really get to see enough of him to, I think really, uh, develop an opinion.
1: Okay.
0: Agreed. Um, question for you guys though. Do you, who do you think, uh, are, are, are we going to get another mysterious actor, um, thing with, with bucket again? Fulcrum. Because, uh, no, because just like chopper oh, bucket is listed oh. as, as himself. In the credits ah. uh of course chopper was voiced by none other than dave filoni
2: who is bb8 voiced by
0: um it was uh, a couple of comedians i forget their names um uh, but they they put them i think they have their their names in the in the credits
1: did not notice that uh, yeah. i'm gonna throw this out there right now i'm gonna say bucket sam Whitwer.
0: okay Ooh, interesting not what i uh, thought Interesting there. idea. interesting idea
1: Or, or, um, who's the guy that kind of got on Dave Filoni at the William? I think you and I were there and he's actually voiced in this. He's voicing in this character, uh, show.
0: Donald Faison. Pardon? Donald Faison.
1: Yeah, there you go. Who
0: plays Hype Faison in the show? There you go. Uh, one of the best pilots.
1: His character was introduced, but in this episode, but I don't think we heard him. Did we?
0: Uh, he was like whooping in a little bit but yeah. not, okay, not, yeah. a, not a not not a lot but yeah not a lot a little something there yeah we okay. got to introduced to a few of the aces not all of them um, hype Faison um is he he always wins he's kind of like the guy that everyone he has all the all of the sponsorships and uh he's kind of the 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 favorite but mm-hmm. um, another one of the racers tora doza uh who we mentioned earlier played by Myrna Velasco. She's the new one of the newest racers, but she also is excellent. Apparently, she has never lost a race, uh, and apparently, no one has survived a race with her either. With her, yeah. also a little terrifying. Yeah, she's only fifteen years old, and yet um, no one has survived this thing—the uh, the, a race against her. And she's very happy and friendly, even when she's going to destroy you. Mm. Um, Which I thought was kind of kind of interesting, Uh, and you know she's the she's the the daughter of the captain of the Colossus Station, so um, his uh, Kaz's odds are not very good against her for sure. No, no, um, you know at one point she even comes over to say hi to Kaz and wish him good luck uh, before the race. Did you? I don't know. Maybe it was just they were both maybe it's the combination of Kaz's awkwardness on land and Toradoza's just insane friendliness but there wasn't anything going on there was there I don't, I don't think so I hope not I just want to say I really hope not because that'd be weird said G15, it's, so. exactly and it's Kaz is 20 job. so it's weird please no
1: it's too early Kaz was just
0: a little bit too awkward around Jeez. her. and well, I'm yeah. like no it is
2: the first episode it's too early to start shipping people I Come am on. not shipping I we just are got not that, sense that in type the of podcast okay you know I just, just hope they don't go him
1: there. a couple times before that stuff I, happens okay I,
0: I, I well, just I hope had they don't to go convince
2: there. you not to do the rebels shipping episode
0: like don't we don't need to have that discussion again, there's okay? enough <laughs> ships in resistance already uh, I'm sorry um that wasn't funny you um, should take that back I should take it back um, wow. yeah, so, uh, so let's see, there's, there's Toradoza. We don't get a lot uh, more of her except for the fact that she does indeed beat, um, uh, beat, beat Kaz quite handedly. In fact, mm-hmm. um, she, uh, you know, as expected wins, but not because she is the best Kaz actually caught up to her and then his ship blew up.
1: Well, he pushed it a little bit too much. They don't
0: call it a fireball for nothing. Nope. Yeah. What do you What do nope. you think of this uh, piece of junk?
1: I can't will, wait to see it actually cleaned up. Because the, yeah, that has market, to be... Sorry, go oh, ahead, Tom. No, that has to be the ship that, that they highlight in the Resistance logo. Mm-hmm. So at some point, yeah. they're going to clean that thing up to make it look really cool. And it then it they're going to make a Lego like up. Uh, yeah,
2: they are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so remarkably like a Mandalorian. Uh, what's the, I'm blanking on what the name of that chip is, which is bad oh, for me. You're the, right. the, oh, you're kind of right. Wait us. a minute. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. From uh, from Clone Wars. Yeah.
2: the The fuselage looks a lot like it. The wings don't at all. But yeah.
1: Oh, I know the one you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. But, yeah. I liked it. Yeah.
0: Uh, also, fun fact. I I loved I loved this. Um, the racer the the race announcer during uh oh. the, in all the episodes is voiced yeah, by Greg this. Proops who also voiced Fode and Beed in the Phantom Menace. Oh, that's awesome. which that's which awesome. is why the race feels has a very Star Wars feel to it. Um which is just amazing. Lots of lots of Phantom Menace references between the uh um uh between the Groks and Bowden Feed and Feed. There's a the Gorgs, the groks, sorry. From? The Gorgs. The Gorgs, yeah. Gorgs? That, that's, well, the Gorgs, yeah. That's what, that's what uh, our Jar Jar tried to eat. Yeah, Jar Jar uh, the, tried to oh, eat. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so there's... Of all the
2: things to bring back,
0: that's what they chose. Hey, uh, they're the well, womp rats of the sea.
1: But yeah, and it makes sense because do you really think you'd want to eat a womp rat? If he's from the sea, he's going to eat one of those.
0: Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I but uh, but no, I, I I like the fireball and I, I thought it was... Kind of funny because uh, that the, they said you know the the ship is named as such because it, it basically bursts into flames if you accelerate or shift or steer or land basically anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, anything. It's gonna blow up. Uh,
0: so uh, that's a that's a fun ship and it, through that they, they we're introduced to the office of acquisitions, um, which is comprised of Orca played by bon- Bobby Moynihan and Flicks Jim Rash. Um and they're the they're the shopkeeper and the bookkeeper for the for acquisitions and
1: And I have to say I actually liked both of those characters and I liked the mood and atmosphere in that whole scene where he was picking up the parts. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Me too. Me too. And you know they're and they're they're very friendly. They'll give you old rusty parts if you give them a gorg for lunch. So, mm-hmm. you so know. kind.
1: Yeah, but what would have happened if he actually had more money and they actually would have given him real parts for that ship Do you think the fireball would have gone down in a blaze of glory. Or do you think it would have actually made the race? Probably a little bit more interesting. You think
0: Poe would give him some more resources at least to help he, him? Are you he kidding? Bang. He's a
1: spy. He can't give him all the money. Well, but, you
0: know. I mean, he could go with a couple credits in his pocket. But, okay, you make a good point.
1: Yeah. He's also supposed to be working for a living. That's Which the he fails way. at Mr. He was Blue. hired on as a mechanic. Minor details. Yeah, true. But he's got to have a cover, and right. the cover is a mechanic.
0: And I, so. I, I suspect that is going to be... I, I'm very curious to see the dynamic between Kaz and Tam Rivora, played by Susie McGrath, going forward. Because mm-hmm. you know they, they hint at it in this episode that she is... You know, Tam is one of Jaeger's mechanics mm-hmm. and she's clearly not thrilled about him bringing on another mechanic when they can barely scrape by um, well she even says that
2: you know one that they're basically what you just said but also that Yeager promised her that if she could fix the fireball yeah she would get to pilot it yeah yep
0: so I I, I, I suspect we're going to get a rivalry between the two of them it's kind of hinted at in this one but um Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, especially when uh, when Kaz is kind of incompetent at his job. Um, I wouldn't say
1: kind of. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't say kind of.
2: Look, faulty equipment, it's not his fault.
1: Faulty yeah. equipment?
2: No. Didn't,
1: oh, Admittedly,
2: he's the one who got the faulty equipment. True. That's true. That's but true. I did,
1: but, but didn't he even say that he's not a mechanic, he's a flyer?
0: Probably. Yeah. Sounds like sounds
1: like Kaz. Sounds like him.
0: It's it's totally Kaz. Yeah. Yeah. Um we also uh get introduced to Aunt Z. Um her full name is Aunt, and I apologize because there's a lot of V's, days, K's, you know Ts, H's, Z. Don't make
1: me pronounce it. You've seen me try to pronounce it. Z- Zivukrz. V- th- um How
0: basically Z apostrophe really? V that K apostrophe z-, z H K R K Z A. You're to person that. here. Um, played by uh, Tova Feldsha. But um, yeah, Aunt Z is kind of the... Um, she's the lovable aunt who runs the tavern, the local tavern. And by lovable, I mean not so lovable because she basically runs all the gambling and she tells Bolza who to uh, throw off the side of the ship. So yeah. she's great.
1: Um, I'll tell you, I want her not in her bar. There's a guy there yeah. with the white hair and the glasses or whatever. That's me. <laughs> if I could ever if I could ever cut that. I don't know if the guy's got a name. I don't know if he wants to have a name. I don't care if they give him a name. But when that bar opened at one point, he was standing right outside that door and as soon as it opened, he went straight to the bar. That's <laughs> me, guys.
0: Yep. I could totally see you doing that just hanging out at ANZs all I could the do time. It.
1: Hey, whenever Galaxy's Edge opens up, there's going to be a day I'm going to hang out in that bar the whole day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're also introduced a little bit more to uh, Gravel the Alina and uh, Bolza, who um, apparently does not being like being used as a bullseye.
1: Oh, like yeah. That bullseye. Was, okay, that's, that, that's his name.
0: Got it. Ezra got a bolza on him. You mean Kaz got a bolza? Sorry, Ezra Kaz. Oh my gosh, they both have They're close the name, enough, right? Um, yes, no. Uh, Kaz got a bolza on bolza. That's terrible, and I'm yeah just gonna... with
1: a rigged dart. He did, he did, but that sets dart. him up
0: for all sorts of fun shenanigans. Yeah, comedy
1: ensued. On.
0: Exactly. Um, and of course, we also get Jarek Yeager we've talked about a little bit uh, played by Scott Lawrence um, this is also interesting what do you think of the dy- dynamic between uh, Kaz and Yeager
1: I liked Yeager as a character I think the best thing that's going to happen with this is he he will ultimately end up being a mentor to Kaz is how I see it
2: We're because like a mentor, yeah,
1: yeah I, I can I can see it he wants to give the kid a break Um I, I all the care I liked him out of all the characters I really liked him.
0: Yeah, because I mean he he doesn't really want to have anything to do with the spy mission. He knows about mm-hmm. it. I guess he's good friends the with Poe. Well, he has in to general. know about it. Yeah. Um, but he he's not going to help Kaz. He's basically giving him cover. You can work here, live here, and otherwise you're on your own. Just right. Blend in.
1: I think what's going to be interesting is if we find out more about his backstory. Cause it was kind of hinted in the next episode or the other episode, a little bit of his backstory. And yeah. we, we got a connection to, um, I will say it spoiler alert, battle of Yavin. Um, so you, you had that. So I want to hear more of his backstory.
0: Me too. Me, yeah. me too. I thought it was interesting though, that basically once, once they go to aunt Z's tavern and before the whole race, um, Poe kind of drops he drops off Kaz is like, okay, I'm out. good luck gives him a nice pep talk mm-hmm. uh, some words of encouragement and then says trying to crash and die and walks out and that he was never seen from again. I mean pretty much Heard from again. yeah um, I'm very curious to see how much Poe is actually included in this show. I, I think we're done with Poe. I think well we there ha- much, I think he might show up every once in a while.
1: He's gonna have to because but he's got to check in on Kaz every once in a while to find out how the mission is going. Even though Kaz has to realize that he's got to be a mechanic first before he becomes a spy. Because at some point, and he was even warned by um, by uh, Jarek that he has to stop trying so hard to be a spy because he's going to end up blowing his cover. Right.
0: Yes. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's very interesting. Um, i I hope we get more Poe because I, I love Poe but I suspect you're right I suspect we get a tiny bit of Poe to make people feel more familiar with the show and comfortable uh, bb 8s gonna be sticking around for a little bit until we all get attached to the characters and mm-hmm. then uh, yeah. and then he'll you know head back to uh, back to Poe and I don't know I, I'm very curious to see what they where they go will the show stay on the Colossus or is that just a you know, early in the season or even just a season one, uh, setting. In, and then they'll start to do more of the spying, more of the, um, you know, uh, other missions. I mean, now, they're, they're t- so close to the, to wild space. They, they could easily for, you know, have these forays. Yeah. But, but they can't the know about
2: Starkiller base. Like they're even very, though, even though,
1: even though
0: it's shown at the end of this that's episode, it
2: right. is shown, it is shown. We get to see, we, um, Speaking of, did we find out the name of the character who is uh, in the Tie Fighter at the very beginning? Major and is the very Ellic
0: Von Vonreg, played by Lex Lang. So
2: not Cardinal.
0: Not Cardinal.
2: No, not Cardinal. Uh, that's too bad. I was hoping.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, but Cardinal is more of a Stormtrooper. This one's a pilot.
2: Well, you know. Well, but yeah, you, know, you got. I'm a good sure. Point. I'm sure. You know. No, you yeah. get. Think got a
1: good point. But
0: he no, does. Think about it. He does return to Starkiller Base uh, to inform mm-hmm. Captain Phasma. Uh, that he's returned, I guess. Um, which, which
1: Phasma was also voiced by Gwend- informed Christie.
0: That I right. returned. I
1: returned. No. <laughs> and Phasma is voiced by Gwendolyn Christie. Yes, but she was
0: not in this episode. Um, So he just tells the, you know, the uh, he just tells Command to inform Phasma that he's returned. So I, I get the sense... I don't know. I, I get the sense that they're, they're kind of doling out the first order spy subplot and we'll get these adventures in a little bit younger on the platform, whether it's, you know, these hilarious spy adventures where he's trying to keep undercover and can't or, um, you know, or these races and, and, and the other things that might happen along the way. And then, um, meanwhile, probably at the end of the episode, Every so often, we'll get a little bit of a progression into the mm-hmm. into the, the first order regions. sub spy subplot, but oh. so far it's really light. So I kind of hope things pick up a bit. Yep. Um, yeah. This I show, agree. though, it tends—I don't know—the impression I get is that it's, uh, you can kind of jump in at any episode, and you wouldn't really miss all that much. But I, I don't know. No. We're only—we're only—I've only seen the first three episodes, so that could change dramatically. I mean, we probably could have made the same argument about Clone Wars when it started. Oh, you know, they're not really... Clone Wars, yeah, did, Clone Wars also started with a very much an
2: episode of uh, Arc of the Week almost. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: And Rebels Rebels kind of did the same thing. And again, like like I started with this whole thing, it's, it's not the show basically for we can watch it, but in a way... It's not really geared toward us. It's geared just that little bit lower. We can watch it. We can enjoy it. It's geared to get the audience up and running that it's aimed for, give them enough of a backstory to get them interested. And then as they go along, they'll get a little bit more, a little bit more, and to be brought further into the universe. Like the same progression with Clone Wars, the same Mm -hmm. progression with Rebels. The stories Uh just started expanding from a certain point i don't know if i entirely agree though like i, I, I think, look back but i think with this one it's going to be different
2: well uh, i so i look back to like um the freemaker adventures which was also kind of meant to be a younger skewing which was fun. show right and ended up i i mean and i i didn't watch as much of freemakers as you guys did mm-hmm. admittedly um but my my feeling was always that it's the humor was still the kind of same very silly kind of humor but it the writing was a little bit stronger and mm-hmm. again we're we're still very early. This is obviously the first episode of a new right. series. Um, but I I do think it is farther to grow than Clone Wars, Rebels, or Freemaker did.
1: Well, I think with uh, yes. this one, I think with this one, because of where it's placed, I think this has... It's it's easier to grow this one than it was with Rebels and it was with Clone Wars. Because you actually had a specific timeline and a story you're trying to, to tell with the other two. Yeah, This one, it seems like it's... It's I wouldn't I wouldn't say open ended, but it is it's it's so wide, it'll be interesting where they're going to take this story. Yeah. At this point. It really will be.
0: I I agree. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of potential and it's very, very possible that it will just uh, you know, like with Clone Wars Rebels kind of grow into its own and mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's still early days. It's just the pilot. I mean, you know, right. It's, it's, oh, know. If you go back and look at the Clone Wars pilot or the Re- you know, Rebels pilot, it's uh, I was watching the Clone Wars movie the other night. Uh, yeah. Night and day. <laughs> I, I, I love the clone.
2: Uh, oh, no, don't Clone Wars is a fantastic show and amazing. Uh, certainly started
0: rough. Right. Uh, and and, and this like, is, I actually, yeah, and, and this episode I thought was was really good. They um I, I like a lot of the characters. I thought they did a good job setting things up. Um I would love to see a little bit more oomph behind the show, but really that's my only complaint right now. Uh I think there's a lot of a lot of potential here and I I hope they get that little extra something to, to kinda attract viewers. Um yeah. The uh now the 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 numbers for the premiere were a bit low um but you know especially compared i think it had about a third of the viewers that rebels had um Hmm. actually no uh it had about three hundred thirty six thousand viewers for the series premiere um compared to 2.74 million on disney channel and 2.4 million on abc is it
2: is that pulling numbers from the televised premiere
0: it is yeah so we don't we don't know online streaming yeah. It's huge You're, now. You have to remember this the, is four years
2: the, later. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and on top of that like Rebels was very clearly meant to be kind of a flagship animated mm-hmm. series. I'm going to I don't think anyone feels like this is this is going to be the future of Star Wars animated television.
0: That but I totally agree with. I I, uh, I feel bad saying
2: that, but No, no, well, I, but, it's not a But I agree. Is, and this is something I think Star Wars is learning as well and has learned especially with movies is uh not every movie is needs to be your a game
1: mm-hmm.
2: it is fine to have your wacky fun side adventure type show
1: freemaker uh, adventures i'll put that there
2: no uh, like and star wars tv has kind of figured this out you're right freemaker adventures was a good example yes. when they're working on detours that was another good example mm-hmm. um but you know you look at marvel movies and you see kind of the same thing there are marvel movies that are very clearly more important than other marvel movies oh yeah the first ant-man is a fantastic <laughs> film. Uh, it is in no way critical to the, you know, the series as a whole other than to introduce a character. I never saw it. It's really Tom. Never mind. <laughs> okay. That's not <laughs> okay, what this but, episode is But, about. but, 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 point, but is, point. Yeah. yeah. Not, not, a, not a problem. I, I don't think they're not advertising this. Like it's a primary show
0: and I don't think they should. No, I don't think and, they and, need and to. you're right. It doesn't have the marketing push behind it. rebels had a huge, huge mm. marketing push behind the series premiere. Um, you know, Spark of Rebellion was was this massive, massive thing mm-hmm. uh, trying to you know, you know they get... brought back
2: James Earl Jones, yeah. So, yeah, like yeah, and I guess you've you've got Oscar Isaac to kind of uh, prop up this episode as well. But like okay, it's, but... I don't think it's fair to con- like it's fair to compare this to the opening of the like the first episode of Rebels, but it's not a it's not fair,
0: you know. No, and and, and also I should note with with those numbers, um, that was on ABC and disney channel two huge networks Mm. you know we're talking about um you know this this is on disney xd which is already a much smaller audience um and you know more streaming and all that stuff so um you know just the comparing the raw numbers you you can't do that um it doesn't necessarily mean anything i mean heck I watched it on demand. I, did, I didn't watch it on Disney XD. I watched yeah, it so, I, uh, I, streaming. So did I. Yep, same um, here.
1: But, but you have to look at it this way. This show does have some impo- importance within the Star Wars universe because oh, totally. they easily could have gotten two separate voice actors to basically voice act Poe Dameron and Gwendo- Gwendolyn Christie. They right. didn't have to bring these two characters or these two actors from the actual Star Wars film universe. And bridge their characters into the animated series. Right. There or, is or bring in BB eight,
0: ab- right? You know. Yeah,
1: like, or BB eight. That's yeah. true. They they easily could have had BB eight come in just for five minutes of this episode and be gone. So and the same thing, you know, Oscar Isaac, they could have just got somebody who could mimic his voice, and then boom, you're done. There is there is an importance about this episode because or this show because Falone's involved, it's coming from Lucas, and it does have ties into uh, uh, The Last Jedi Not The Last Jedi, uh, Force Awakens the Force Awakens so, Thank you So it, it, uh-huh. it's important enough So th- there's something there And I guess for us It's like with the other episodes And the other shows You gotta give it time to find itself To find its footing and start growing And there's enough there in the show That th- they can grab onto Grab the main part of the story And move it forward
0: Yeah I, I, I agree. And, and right. like you were starting to say earlier, I think there's different levels yes. of, uh, of, you know, um, where they're positioning these shows. I think the Mandalorian, I suspect is going to be the, for me all the way, man, it's it's, it's going to be the more of the adult version of, you know, the yeah. sta- star Wars, yep. uh, not, not adult in, in content, but the most, um, you know, mature storylines and themes, and it'll probably yep. be a little more gritty, uh, a little darker. Um, you know, it, it's Disney, so it's not going to be you know, um, you know, uh, uh, explicit, uh, nope. but it will be. <laughs> um, it will. It will certainly be a more mature uh, put, show. Put it this
1: way: I think since this is this is let's Disney, and it's going on the Disney streaming service, it's not going to be like what they're putting on Netflix when it comes to Daredevil and sorry iron fist and all that kind of stuff right they like will- you
0: won't see anything higher than a PG13 rating on disney streaming service um, exactly however uh, you know well they they well, uh, Bye Bye has said um hulu is where they put, uh, put all their like, oh, r rated stuff okay. uh, and disney streaming them. service is where pg13 and lower lives um because you know disney now owns a majority share of, of hulu Oh, that's um, right. I forgot about that. Interesting. but I didn't um, know that. Yeah, thanks to the Fox acquisition. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, uh, so anyway, I, I think The Mandalorian will be the more, the, you know, the show aimed for the adults. And then right. uh, Resistance, they've, they've said multiple times it's aimed a little bit younger. It'll probably be the younger crowd, you know, the, 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 the Saturday morning, hey, I'm going to wake up and watch Star Wars or Sunday, Monday morning, I guess. And I'll Is
2: actually it, add, I when you think about how kids kind of consume media nowadays as well, a lot of them watch Netflix or stream or things like Mm -hmm. that. Like I, yeah, yeah, this is, I expect this, that's where they're going. Why? I can't talk. That is where they are going to see a lot of returns is in that type of market. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And then I think we're going to get a third series and that's the, this is just, we talked about, we said it before. I think it's going to be the Sabine uh, Ahsoka show going after Ezra in the Outer Rim mm-hmm. and Ron, and maybe we get some, you know, unknown stuff happening on the edge of the galaxy. Maybe some Jung Bong. So. Who he's knows? Bong. Right? God, I hope so. And I think that's what Filoni... Filoni right now is working on The Mandalorian directing the first episode and I think he's working on this new animated series. And I think this new animated series might still be a year or two out, but they're working on it. They're getting the assets ready and it's going to be their middle. Think like resistance is yo- like young teens and mm-hmm. lower um uh the 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 next filoni animated series is probably gonna be older teens and the mandalorian is more for the adults that's kind of how i see those three shows again the third so, one so in one a way tiered exists. yeah it's totally tiered. It's tiered and yeah. and you yeah. can tell because in in resistance filoni is um he's you know he, he's he's listed as one of the creators and executive producers, but he didn't do he isn't directing any of the episodes in mm-hmm. this show versus in Rebels and Clone Wars where he did direct episodes uh always the series premiere right uh, or or he either wrote it or directed or had some involvement yep. this is the first series premiere where he hasn't done that, which mm-hmm. is a little strange not it's bad, a little strange um but it's unusual um And, uh, or, 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 you know, I guess, I guess the Spark of Rebellion was, was written by Simon Kidberg. Uh, that wasn't what that one wasn't Filoni, but he usually has a big, big involvement in this stuff and, 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 Mm. and and hasn't in this one. Um, and the other thing, so I, I think he's, he's focused on other projects, the Mandalorian and this, this other next series. And, um, the other thing that kind of gives me the sense that there's another series that coming is the fact that even even the support for the series, the marketing just hasn't been on the same levels, rebels uh, and clone wars. Um, not quite as much, not quite yep. as like, um, yeah, no, forceful, I would say. Um, and if you look at the st- content, star wars.com puts out, they still do put out episode guides. Uh, but they're more of a, here's 10 things you may not have missed in the episode, like a, an article and then a accompanying video. There's no rebels recon. With a you know mm-hmm. live host like Andy Gutierrez and mm-hmm. interviews and fan reactions, just hey, here's a short video with five or ten things you may have missed. Just scenes directly out of the episode, no voiceover talking. Very low, uh, uh, very easy to to, to make. And the episode guide uh, has screenshots. It has some art from you know behind the scenes art but doesn't have the trivia, doesn't have um, a lot of these things that we were used to with Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, and I think,
1: again, if you take a look at the audience they're aiming for, that I think is the perfect... It, 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 they're gearing it to the right audience with that.
0: Right, right. They don't have to have it. Right. But you can just kind of tell it's not... They're not putting the th- full weight of the Lucasfilm... Uh, marketing you know, uh, arm behind it. Let me let me play uh, devil's advocate for a moment. Go ahead.
2: Okay. Some of that may be um, trying to pull back a little bit from the sense of the far- Star Wars fatigue that I think a lot of people might be feeling. They don't need to put all their weight behind something because the last couple times they've done that, that hasn't always gone so well for them. And when you put all your weight behind something and it doesn't do amazing, you invite
0: press as a result. Hmm. I I'd say that's that's a fair point. I don't know if that that's the happen. case because, because e- maybe the, the amount of marketing for this show, but like things like the episode guides and rebels recon and stuff, it's odd. that Like they're not doing that, but rebels recon, I'm sure cost a lot of money mm-hmm. to go do it. People love it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like rebels recon for the next animated series. The one, the, the, the middle tier one again yeah. not that and i want to be super clear not that resistance is like is not important that's not it at all you can just you steal, heard it here first resistance is dead oh my god not oh. even oh. you're nah, i don't think you're making me you sound bad no um no i just think it's like we said it's perfectly fine to have those different tiers of shows mm-hmm. uh, no i, and I totally agree
1: i think i think that's exactly if you if you look at it I think that's how this is being placed.
0: Yeah. I'm just kind of looking at that, reading the tea leaves here. But um, that being said, I really enjoyed the series premiere. I thought it was, I thought it was very good, um, especially if they're aiming at a younger audience. And I am, um, I'm excited to see where they take it. Um, So. Yeah. Should we, uh, should we get into our, uh, our ratings? Yeah, I think we should.
1: Womp Rats? Our Absolutely. gorg ratings. I, gorgs. I no like gorgs. that. <laughs> no. Nope. you
0: no. Can't do it.
1: No, Okay, then, William, you go first. Since you're the one that brought okay. up the gorgs, you go first.
0: Okay, well, uh, I feel like I've been talking a lot. But, um, you know, I, I, as, I, as I said, I think the show was really well done. Uh, I like the characters. The art style is not necessarily my favorite, but I thought it was well de- executed on. Uh, it's just personal preference there um uh the voice cast seems great and uh i i think the story has a lot of potential it's it's only the premiere so we'll see where they take it um i just hope we get a lot more of the spy plot it's a little bit light right now uh and i'd love to see a little bit more of that but uh you know, there's there's plenty of time and i i think they did a an excellent job with the with this series premiere so i'm gonna give it eight womp rats out of ten uh eight maybe eight gorgs out of ten. And uh you know, I'm just gonna chuck my womp rats through the the, the racing rings uh, and see how far I can get it. kinda like, you know like a basketball Do you think
1: or Do you think if they make it through the rings it gives them like an extra uh boost? Yes to where yes. Okay, so yes. it's they gonna totally boost them out. Yeah. Do you think it's enough boost to get them into the next ring? Yeah, it might. Or do you think if you have a good up to where they're gonna go down?
0: If you have a good enough arm, you could probably get those gorgs through all the rings.
1: Okay. Interesting. Okay, I'll go next. Go for it. Okay. Um, I, I think the show's got a lot of potential. Um, you know what? I'm I am i gonna give this episode a six. I know I'm being a little brutal on this because I I I enjoyed it. It's got a lot of potential. I see where it's gonna go, but it just I guess for me, because it's the first episode, it's got to grow on me a bit more. Um, I'd like to see how the episodes go from this point forward. I think there is so much potential going forward. And I think it's just, just didn't grab me right off the bat. Um, You know, the next couple episodes, let's see how it goes. I'm not giving up on the show. I can't because I review them. I like what I see. I like the potential. I'm giving it a six though because I think it's got a long, a long way to go to keep going up. I don't think it's going to go down. I think it's going to keep going up. So I am taking my six, six rats, and I am going to basically just throw them off the side of the Colossus. I'm going to give them to the what's his name who got hit with the dart. Um, Bork, uh Bolza, Bolza, just okay. like Bullseye. That's how you remember it. Okay, just like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him to bullseye So. I'm going to give them to Bolza so he can try and make a bullseye with my Womp Rats throwing them off the ledge. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. So, Stephen, you're up.
2: Uh, so I think I'm also going to give it a six out of ten Womp Rats. Um, although I just realized you stole. I, okay, I'll no, come with something else now. Um, I'm sorry. You should be. Um, but I'm I'm kind of coming to the same place as you are. Uh, it I, For the first episode, it didn't grab me in the way I would have liked it to. Um not it's not like they did a terrible job with it. Um the, my, I think my biggest issue was really the pacing. Um I I kept waiting to get into what I thought was gonna be a really cool race. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long time to get there, yep. and then you got there and it's over very quickly. Yep. Um and that's again, it's a pilot, so I'm I'm not holding it against the show or anything like that. It's certainly worth seeing where it goes. Um, but that is something that uh I struggled with at least in the first episode. Uh so I'm gonna give it I like I said, a six out of ten womp rats. Um, you know, we saw the Gorg stand. Obviously, that's considered a delicacy on Castelladon uh, or Castellon, Castel, um, whatever. You're uh, close. I'm close enough. That's all that matters, yeah. right? Um, but it is important to note they do have a nice Womp rat stand as well.
0: Selling Womp rats. Really?
2: Cool. Yeah. So you can get that if you're interested. And in, I mean, if they have the Womp rats uh, of the sea, they might as well only, the Womp But they the only have six
0: Womp rats right now. Mm. that's that's the that's the problem you know they're hard to acquire there's not as much land around there exactly that's that's true i hope you get to see more castellan too
2: specially imported you know oh one thing sorry one other little touch that i did really like i don't like i said i just watched the clone wars movie as you recall there's uh this classic kind of clone wars space station that you see at the beginning of the uh clone wars movie if you guys Mm -hmm. remember what it looks like I'm pretty sure the Colossus is the top of that station just on the planet instead. Oh, nice. Good catch. Thank you. I was very proud of that. It's my, I don't catch a lot of things very often, but when I do, <laughs> <laughs> they're falling off out. the
0: station. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, William, you want to tell us about what the next episode is going to be? Yes. Well, uh, if you haven't already seen it, cause it's on the Disney now. <coughs> app, Steven uh we're gonna be watching uh (laughs) season one episode two of star wars resistance the triple dark uh in this episode kaz and bb8 uncover information on an imminent pirate attack and must find a way to stop it man i would love to get some hondo in this i hope he's in it but we'll
1: we'll find out
0: that would be awesome hondo lives uh i love hondo oh, so hondo,
1: hondo does live because rumor has it and i've heard it a lot of places he's in galaxy's edge
0: yes that's the rumor so yep. i i hope i hope that's true i gotcha. we probably right won't too. see him this early but um you know
2: are you telling me it's it is never too early for hondo how dare
1: you <laughs> you can never have enough hondo
0: that is true.
2: I mean, Hondo, I, after rewatching Clone Wars, I'm so like, oh, you, so you would good. know if Hondo's in it or not. Actually, I have, but I'm pretending like anyway. I
0: haven't. So, oh, oh you mean you I actually have? don't know? Um, but no, we will we will be reviewing the episode soon. Uh, again, thanks for your your patience. We're gonna try to uh, knock these out as quickly as possible so we can catch up with everyone. Uh, but uh, yeah, stay tuned for our review of the Triple Dark very very soon.
1: Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com the ion cannon podcast is not associated with lucasfilm the walt disney company or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts this podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2018